0: This is Empowered Explant, the podcast helping women ditch their breast implants with confidence. I'm Dana Mercica, board-certified health and wellness coach and Explant Warrior. I'm super excited to introduce you to a practice that you may or may not be familiar with, but it brings together. All the elements of physical, mental, and energy healing, and could be a really powerful addition to your explant journey, both before and after surgery. I'm interviewing two of America's top Qigong experts, Chris and Parisa Shelton, husband and wife dream team, and co founders of the Morning Crane Healing Arts Center qigongteachertraining.com and the Chi Club. Collectively, they have 50 years experience helping thousands of people around the world reclaim their health, including celebrities and professional athletes. Now listen, at one point in his life, Chris wasn't able to walk and had numerous health issues finding this practice literally changed his life, maybe even saved his life. So stick around. This is an amazing conversation and you need to hear the benefits this practice could have for you on your explant journey and beyond.
1: Thank you so much for having us on and introducing us to your community.
2: Yeah. And being so brave to share your experience because uh, so many people don't Share that experience, and I re- really do believe that when we have those kinds of life life changing episodes that come up, we're not to take it to our grave. We're meant to share that with other people to help them work through it. So
1: that's right. Yeah, and also I I found that the more uh, personal or uh, vulnerable an experience experiences when you share it, also the more universal it is. So I'm I'm sure there's tons of ladies who have gone through that. Experience of of implants and then realizing like this is not actually what I want inside my body and going through the procedure of having it removed so it's like a double trauma.
3: It is, it is, and
0: it there's also this message reaching so many women who don't even know that this is happening inside their bodies Mm -hmm. yet, and I think that that's you know a real part of where the magic is because yes, this supports the women who are already on that journey but this is how that's how I found out for myself because I was really sick and hearing somebody else share their story triggered that in me that thought of like oh hang on a second that all sounds very familiar let me research that for myself and and somebody else sharing being brave enough and vulnerable enough to share their story is what saved me and we'll dive into your story as well, Chris, because I know um you're in that same category of having gone through something so uh life-changing yourself and wanting to share that message with others. And and it it is really a brave thing to do. I first want to I think the the best place to start here is asking what is qigong
2: yeah so qigong is a five thousand year old practice uh mm-hmm. qi is the life force energy that emanates through all things uh, seen or unseen uh, gong is a skill for which to harness this life force energy in this case to be able to balance out your internal organ system and to give you tools to deal with emotional trauma at least the style of qigong so when you hear uh like gong food that means skill with a fist so qigong is teaching you the skill yourself to become so aware of your body that you can prevent disease before disease sets in, even more so uh, if you already have a condition to be able to reverse that condition. And it's not some kind of weird belief structure. I'm not one of these woo-woo type of people. I'm very grounded. Um, But I can tell you from my own experience, and we'll dive into that later, that Qigong actually saved my life, changed my health issues that I had, And and since then, it was the driving force for me to start studying Chinese medicine. And so when I tell people that haven't heard of Qigong, I say, well, have you heard of Tai Chi? And they say, "Oh, yes, I've heard of Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. So Qigong is the foundation of Tai Chi. It's also the foundation of classical Chinese medicine, which includes acupuncture. So thousands of years ago, people were so enlightened, close, connected to source, to God that, minus the ego, that they have this ability to understand the interconnectedness of all things, the interconnectedness of nature, the weather patterns, as well as people, and understand that, oh, certain climatic conditions actually will show up as disease inside the body. Actually, you could have external climatic conditions show up internally as well, too. For example, you could have wind inside your body. It's not when somebody says, okay, just pull my finger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, yes, I can relate to that.
2: (laughs) 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 So, um, and then furthermore, it's starting to understand that the leading cause of death and disease is emotional trauma. And I think this is why we have such a good synergy with the group of women that you serve is because um, it's not that emotions are bad. It's when they get stuck or not processed properly Mm -hmm. that it shows up as disease. And down here mm. in LA, I, I see a lot of beautiful people in clinic, um, but they are beautiful on the outside, but are dying internally of like chronic artery disease and inflammatory diseases and such. And mental so, if, yeah, mental illness. And so, if you are eating right, and if you are exercising and hydrating and sleeping right, and you still have those diseases, what is the one component that they're missing? And that's their mental emotional state.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Uh, So is Qigong, Qigong is a a physical exercise that also Mm. impacts mental health,
2: right? Yeah, so it's a combination of gentle movement and specific meditations. Like I have a couple of meditations on iTunes. No matter how simplistic the meditations though are, they're all meant to do something medically inside the body. Hmm. So it combines a mindfulness aspect, like you hear about the mindfulness revolution, right? But then there's a yang aspect where we're actually doing something with this chi in the body. And if people have a hard time understanding, well what's chi? there's no such thing as chi, because that's how I was. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like cheese it's and cheese whiz. <laughs> I'm just like...
3: Yes.
0: Please, like, please break, break qi, it please. break it down, break down what chi is for the naysayers.
1: So, the naysayers,
2: so your blood is your chi. Mm. It's interconnected. They say that the blood houses the chi and the chi moves the blood around the body. They cannot be separated, just like yin and yang theory cannot be separated. It's an interconnectedness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, uh if your blood is weak, for example, what happens? You have weak energy, you have weak chi, right? And then your other organs don't function properly. Yep. If the blood is vibrant, if the energy is vibrant, then guess what? You have vitality, you have mental clarity. All your orifices function properly, uh, and you know you have the health that you really deserve. That God designed us all to really have. But
1: we'll also talk about the applications of qigong.
2: So there's two styles. There's the one where the self-regulatory practices, where the talk I talk about in my first book, as well as uh, on my YouTube channel, on uh, uh, Chris Shelton Qigong in the uh, the Qi Club, is where we teach you people these practices. Um, in order to benefit their health. In particular, though, like I said, blood pe- is to deal with mental, emotional health. So a lot of people don't realize, for example, that anger attack, and resentment and hatred attacks your liver and your gallbladder. Mm. And we see all kinds of diseases, like from depression to constipation to um, menstrual dysfunctions, oh, anemorrhagia, all those types of things. Um, the lungs house grief and loss, shame and mm-hmm. guilt. And so we see conditions like skin conditions or lung conditions or uh, the spleen houses worry and anxiety and the kidneys are attacked by fear and shock. The shock isn't only something that we see, it's something that we experience. Like what you have gone through actually will shock the kidneys. And I bet you if we actually sat down privately and talked about things, we could actually see that show up in certain aspects of your being. So shock is surviving a severe trauma, any kind mm-hmm. of trauma. Uh, abuse, uh, uh, any kind of chronic illness, and then obviously seeing or witnessing things. And then your heart is the emperor or empress of the body. It dictates how much an emotion is going to be expressed or suppressed. Uh, but it's affected by abandonment and loneliness and lack of joy or overexcitation. And so when we understand that, okay, well, we have these different things that come in, And when we don't process it, and then all of a sudden we start to show up with symptoms, and we can talk about this later, then what happens is um, uh, it it becomes uh, an imbalance to where it, you know, like it creates the symptoms and the signs. So there's the self-regulatory practices of Qigong where you learn specific gentle movements or specific guided meditations, and you can do it from a seated or standing posture. They're easy to do. In fact, Qigong is a lot easier than Tai Chi is. Uh, okay. And then the other component of Qigong is the uh, clinical part, where we call it curative Qigong, where patients come in, and then we do a QA and a and then we go through the process of understanding the ideology of the disease. And then in the treatment strategy, it's almost like acupuncture, except for I'm more hands-on with my patients, and also I'm in clinic with my patients all the time. But then also what I do is then I just give them empowerment, because my main thing in clinic is not to keep patients coming back. You know, there's some practitioners who try to keep the patients coming <laughs> yeah. back. And for me, it's like, no, I want to, let's empower you to learn, understand why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. And then you go and apply these practices yourself and you transform the disease. Mm. I'm just a vehicle. I'm just a vehicle. So then actually these Qigong practices, along with herbology, pharmacology, and nutrition, I will give these practices of Qigong as prescriptions, as homework, learning opportunities.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And you said my favorite word a couple of times, empower. And that really is, you know, what it's all about is empowering people to use these tools in their everyday life to make those differences in their health. And, and, and when I say health, I mean, that's both physical and mental. So yeah, what you're speaking to is really on point for what we need going through this, um, journey. And I, it's, it's interesting because I studied mindfulness, um, but not from a Chinese medicine or Qigong perspective. Um, but mindfulness itself is so critical and it's, it's a skill that can be developed, um, a practice that can be developed and, But I'm really loving the idea of of bringing this um, more curative energy component into the mindfulness as well. It's like taking it to a a whole nother level. Um, And so you mentioned Qigong is not woo-woo, which is cool. I mean, I'm a little bit woo-woo, I'm not going to lie. But but just like the right kind of amount of woo woo right,
3: yeah.
0: um, but you mentioned it's not so it's it's rooted in science, it's rooted in um in energy uh rather than like spirituality and and those kinds of things. is that right?
2: That's correct, you know, and. You know, since the mindfulness revolution started was with, at with John Kabat-Zinn, he started the Mindfulness revolution. And uh, since then, you know, at first uh, medical journals were not writing articles on this kind of stuff. Nowadays, uh, Harvard Medical School, you can look this stuff up, uh, is writing lots of articles on the benefits of Stamford and such doing studies. Because one of the things that mindfulness does and what Qigong does also is it increases the grain matter in your brain. So what is your grade matter? Well, your grading matter is your cognitive thinking, right? Mm. If so, uh, and if you can increase that in and of itself, that's empowerment right there to make uh, mindful decisions and choices in your life, right? You know, And that's something that's scientifically measurable, measurable. Mm. So um, spiritually, yeah, it's not related to any specific, at least the style that we teach, it's not related to any specific uh, spirituality or ism or anything like that. But as a byproduct of you refining your essence, guess what? You become closer to God. You become Mm -hmm. closer to source. You develop this all-knowingness. Why? Because your vibration is at a higher vibration. Just like the people you draw into your life, you'll start to notice like they're at that lower vibration. They start Mm -hmm. to drift away. And it's not by accident. It's because there's a misalignment of the energy. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be able to create change in the world, then you have to be mindful over your actions and your thoughts. And your thoughts are energy that ripple out. So you could be inside your home or your apartment and having all these negative thoughts, which then shows up as misery and disease in your life, but also connects to other people around the world that are at that same vibration. And mm. They're perpetuating that. So, yeah, so spiritually speaking, there is something much greater to than all of us. whether you call it uh, Christ, uh, uh, Buddha, God, universe, divine nature—you mm-hmm. nature, know—you could yeah. call it whatever you want, but yeah. there is something much greater than us, and and I think our purpose on um, in this life form. One of our purposes, well, number one, is to find our life purpose because that's the way that God could then further show or is express itself through one. Is if a, a person finds a life purpose, mm. but also too to understand that you are responsible for your own salvation.
0: Ooh, yes, <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> I just like let's pause there for a second. Did you all hear that? Because <laughs> that's that's responsibility that's not, right there.
2: <laughs> that's responsibility. That's accountability. Now, true, you can yeah. ask God and ask Christ for guidance and stuff, but you are responsible for your own mind and your own thoughts.
0: Absolutely, you are because you can. You can ask all day long and have the paths put in front of you, but ultimately you make that choice on, on, you know, how you decide to walk forward. Um, so let's talk about Chris back years ago, uh, when you decided to take a path forward. And so, Cause you know, I'm super curious about what led you down this path. And I know that, um, back when you were 17, was it, you had two heart attacks?
2: Uh, right before at, my 19th birthday,
0: right before your 19th birthday. That is incredible. And then that follow, was followed by an injury that left you unable to walk. So, uh, and, and here you are now. So that's just an incredible story. Um, Tell us, how did you go from that place at such a young age to finding qigong, and what did
3: it do for you?
2: Um, well, for my, because my home life was very dysfunctional, and there was a lot of the abuse and neglect in the home, and I started doing drugs at a young age, and finally. Uh, before my nineteenth birthday, my senior year in high school uh I had a heart attack. This one should have killed me, but I overheard the doctor when I was in the e r tell my dad from behind the curtain that uh that if I was any older that I wouldn't die but because of my age and stuff like that so and he said I got a hold of some bad stuff. Well, being my frontal cortex not being fully developed um, i uh you know I used again a few months later. And uh this one was less severe. And uh and that time because of the shame from what had happened the first time, I didn't call nine one one. I was just going to die that day.
3: Oh my and gosh. Luckily
2: I didn't. And then I realized I had to change something. I was gonna end up dead in prison or both. I had other health problems, digestive problems. Uh, I had severe sinusitis and allergies all the time. I lived on all kinds of medications. You know, eating something like an avocado or a salad, I'd be in a fetal position or vomiting in the middle of the night or any kind of animal <laughs> fat or anything like that, you know. And uh, so yeah, so I put myself into Taekwondo to change my path and I started competing in full contact right away. And Then one night before a match, I was accidentally kicked in the low back and um, almost up and fall, uh, uh, paralyzed. I mean, I, I was in pretty bad shape from the waist down and doctors were saying, Chris, you need surgery. Otherwise, you might not walk again, or things you take for granted, like having sex. You know, you may not ever have sex again, right? So
0: that that'll motivate maybe. you.
2: Oh yeah, especially, 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 for, a especially for a teenager, Especially for a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my
1: I'm,
0: glad, I'm glad you got
2: that fit. <laughs> Amen to that.
0: <laughs> so, for um, the record, everyone, they have full functioning sex. All right, we got. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah so i went so this other doc this other physician she had a therapist working for her and he was a martial artist and once again he started talking to me about cheese because now i'm thinking what 20 21 years old something like that and i like there's no such thing as qi, come on and that's why i said you know like cheese it's and cheese whiz is what i lived on and so that's close to the qi as i was going to get and uh <laughs> anyways this is over 30 years ago and nobody was talking about qigong back then there's a couple Mm -hmm. women in the class and then i kid you not after about six months of doing these practices daily because i had to keep was mending my back right Mm -hmm. i couldn't tell you when but it was all of a sudden the realization like wow when did i stop living on those medications when did i stop living on the pseudofed and uh the tums and all those kinds of things i couldn't tell you an exact pinpoint day but i noticed that there was a transformation that happened And that's what drove me to go to school to start studying Chinese medicine. Now, in hindsight, I recognize now that the stomach digestive issues was because of all the repressed resentment and anger that I had. Because I lived in a violent home.
3: Mm.
2: Stabbed my brother at age 11 for attacking my mom. I mean, this is the kind of house I lived in. I mean, it was craziness. I mean, luckily, my parents divorced around 11 or 12. um, And then I played football. And... You know, I played middle linebacker and offensive guard, and if I didn't open a hole for the running back and my dad was drinking, I'd get punched in the face when I'd go home. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we were locked out of the house. We were locked out. My mom was was really cool. She would lock us out. And we'd get beat if we if it came inside the house. And so I recognize that this anger, because people would actually saying to me, Chris, you're angry. I'd be like. Screw you, you're angry. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> the
3: response of anger, else. maybe?
2: I don't know if this is a PG program or not. I actually say something else. And, uh, <laughs> we can
0: we we can talk unfiltered here.
2: Okay, great. Yeah, it's like, oh fuck you, you're angry, like so <laughs> deal with it. So anyways, uh I recognize that all this repressed anger and resentment actually is what caused my digestive issues and hence. Yeah. The reason why when I started practicing Qigong and started processing that stuff, that's why this condition that I had for at least four years all of a sudden went away. Mm. Not magic. Not magic. Your DNA wants to be healthy. It just gets stuck. And when we have emotional blockages, that's one of the tri- main contributing factors that will keep it stuck. Yes. And so, yeah, and here I am today. Now, trust me, you know that Johnny Cash song, Walk the Line? Yes. <laughs> Okay, that's definitely me, boy. Because things got really good on practicing qigong, but my extreme nature would go <laughs> on some wild sex escapade or something crazy. Like you know, it would pull me off course, but then something would always pull me back. Like always pull me back to this. And um, and then finally, when I after I finished my first four years of Chinese medicine, I sat on it for a couple of years, and then I got an offer to get into a clinic in Los Gatos, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay area, and was on a Wednesday night and by Friday out of fear I was going to tell her no because um I didn't know how it was going to transition. At the time I was a single father of two kids, so I was a mm-hmm. Mr. Mom for many years. Um single father of two kids. I was a butcher, a meat manager, and uh, so I didn't know how I was going to go from cutting up dead cows all day and managing these knuckleheads to healing people. It didn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: There would have been a lot of limiting beliefs around that and, and um, imposter syndrome, right around stepping into that role.
2: Yeah. And so I called her to tell her no. And I seriously heard a voice say, this is your last chance. It's like, wow. So, yeah. Took a chance. Yay! And, and now what?
3: Yay! 20, Good job uh, at taking that chance. 20,
2: twenty-three years later. Twenty-three years later. Yeah. And twenty. Yeah, twenty-three years later, and, and here I am, and things have grown beyond belief. I don't know if anybody who's listening remembers Sylvia Brown, the psychic medium back in the day who used to be on Montel Williams. She was. <laughs> <laughs> she was doing a book signing at Walmart in San Jose, California, and. <laughs> I went up to her and hand her my book. And I said, Sylvia, this new career path that I've chosen. I said, is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And she looked up at me and she goes, you're a healer and a teacher. Is this is what you're supposed to be doing. I am like, wow. All right. So that was one of the many catalysts. But that was probably one of the things that said that actually then just really just lit sort of fire. That
0: That's me. a little <laughs> bit woo-woo, you know. And I like it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is Empowered Explant. So you know we got to bring it back to boobs.
3: This is uh, <laughs>
0: what it's about. So um, you know, and that's what this community of women is here for. We're here because we're on a journey of transformation and a journey to manage pain and illness, a journey to uh heal and reclaim our health, and especially as we've been talking about, a journey to reconnect with ourselves and hopefully find. Self acceptance and self love, and heal all of those inner emotional wounds that could also be contributing to the the symptoms that we're experiencing.
3: Mm.
0: So let's talk about the ways that qigong can support women through their explant journey. And let's start with the physical aspects of the explant journey. Obviously, um, you know, like I mentioned, there's the pain and symptoms of illness. You know, breast implants when they're inside of our bodies, our bodies can reject them. There's a lot of inflammation. There's you know, a lot of different pain and symptoms that women are experiencing um, under the umbrella term breast implant illness. Uh, and then there's obviously surgery, recovery, prepping for surgery, going through that whole recovery process. Um, and then further into the process, there's detoxification. So now you've removed this from your body, your body needs to detox and, um, you know, get back to that place of health. And there's a lot of uh, blocks in doing that. And I'm sure that the emotional part also comes into that big time as well by the sounds of it. So how can Qigong help in those
3: more physical aspects?
2: Well, once you start to understand how these organs function, you know, we just think of our stomach or we just think of our heart. And uh we don't realize like our heart connects to our tongue. So any kind of speech problems that somebody may develop is as a result of the heart being out of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh we don't recognize that uh depression is actually when uh anger is turned inward and affects the movement of blood in the liver. If it restricts the movement of blood, then guess what? It affects the heart. So when we talk about recovery, then uh, what Qigong does is that these internal organs don't only have an interconnectedness with each other. They control other systems of the body as well, too. So, for example, the lungs control your skin. The lungs are considered the most superficial organ in the body. They are affected by grief, sadness, and loss, and disappointment, shame, and guilt, like I said in the beginning. And so once you start doing these Qigong practices and start to strengthen the lungs' qi, and the lungs control do a lot of things. They uh, They help produce blood, by the way. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. They're one of the main organs in the production of blood. They also regulate the air passageways and the the, uh, the opening and closing of pores on the skin. And so when we have edema and swelling and such, 9 times out of 10, it's due to, it could be a kidney dysfunction too, uh, but or heart, but chances are we have to look at the lungs. So what these Qigong practices do, besides just going ahead and helping to process the emotional part of it, what it does is it helps t- to strengthen those systems that were injured and this is what further helps in recovery as well too mm-hmm. so so um uh because one of the emotional things i'm i'm assuming that you would have to ask yourself is number one what prompted you societal or whatever what prompted you uh, or prompted a woman to get press implants to begin with so was there already a psychological social psychological uh, thing going on
1: insecurity,
2: insecurities, whatnot, yeah. and then you have this, and then you have the toxicity, then you have the removal. So now you have a double whammy, quadruple whammy, right? Because now you have to do the surgery, now you have the scarring, those kinds of things. And so, uh, this is how qigong actually can help. Now, is it an overnight? No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. uh, it definitely it's a diligent practice. It's like if you pray every day, you add this into your, you know, ten or fifteen minutes into your daily routine um Mm -hmm. or if you work out every day but over time you will start to notice certain things transforming and at the same time too as the body heals on the physical level guess what mentally emotionally that starts to heal as well so it's inter it's all interconnected Mm -hmm. all interconnected yeah
0: it really is and whether in some cases it might be the emotional healing that happens first that that helps the body heal and vice versa so yeah it it is connected um and and you know going back to the the physical side of things um this seems like a practice that would help especially with the body being able to detox um mm-hmm. because yeah. there there is so much that has become stagnant in our bodies through this um you know a lot of our detoxification organs are blocked um our our bodies are so loaded with toxins so this would be a practice that i would see being really beneficial to begin before you have your breast implants removed and to begin that you know build it into your routine And then that would help with the, it would help support the pain and the symptoms that you're going through prior to surgery. It would also then help get you through the recovery of surgery, help your body heal. Um, You know, I don't like to make claims, but just from like what I'm hearing and understanding, it would help speed recovery and then also help your body be able to detox more effectively after surgery. And, and, you know, a, a big part of being able to detox is having good gut health, having good, um, you know, functioning of your organs and systems. So, you know, and I, I, I mentioned detox a lot, because a lot of women in the explant community, we're all so anxious to just feel ourselves again. And we think like, oh, detoxing is the answer. We just have to run headfirst into any detox program. Give me anything that says detox on it. I'll take it. (laughs) But there's so much more to be done on the inside to allow your body to be able to
3: detox effectively.
1: That's right. And also if you detox too quickly, then you can have an adverse reaction to that too. Totally. Like if anyone's ever done a detox and then all of a sudden they have diarrhea for a week, something like that, that's, you know. There's a, there's a a more gentler approach. Yes. I was going to say that the nipples are actually the biggest gland in the body for both males and females. females. Ooh, let's talk about that. What does that mean?
2: Okay. Okay. You want to talk about it? (laughs) No, you go ahead and talk
1: about it. You love nipples the most.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Trade secret. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, my old nickname was napoleon dynamite
3: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, that's great
2: so there's actually a practice uh because there's there's you know uh, there's another practice also a part of qigong called Taoist sexology i don't know if you've ever heard of that before and no, but it
0: sounds like fun. I want to learn that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: we're, we're actually going to be teaching a course on it. Um, we were talking about that, but not probably for another several uh, several months. But yeah, we're going to teach a course on it. So anyways, the nipples are where your your major glands all merge. And uh, uh, and so a, a practice of simulating or rubbing the nipples every day actually will help the glands tremendously. And a lot of people don't know that for men and women for both.
0: And so what does what is the benefit of those glands? Like what is that if I, you know, do that what is that going to help with?
1: Well, all your fluids move through the gland. So if the gland is is like a valve and a pump and if that gets stuck or stagnant, if there's, you know, in, if there's like obviously with implants there's some physical thing that's been put into the body and its mm-hmm. the flow is going to get backed up. And like Chris mm. uses the analogy of like, think of a river that has no outlet or a lake with no outlet. What happens over time is that it starts to get moldy and, you know, mm-hmm. yucky. So you want the fluids in the body to be able to flow head to toe. And a simple practice while you're lying in bed is just like little, with your finger pads, just gentle inward circles on your nipples will just,
2: <laughs> well It sounds like a good time. <laughs> because also it helps with your lymph system too. So yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. So if you look at our lymph system, our lymph system helps with immunity. It helps with detoxification. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking mm-hmm. about detoxification, a simple, and you want, and don't you know want to take a supplement or in addition to taking a supplement or something or doing a water fast or whatever, um, what this practice does. I know it seems kind of silly, but these are old ancient practices. And it wasn't some perverted Taoist monk saying, "Oh, the woman now, let's rub the nipples, <laughs> Yogi do. nipple, wax on, wax, wax, off. On, wax off."
3: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> no, you can do it in the privacy of your own place by yourself or with a partner. But
2: but yeah, but doing that every day helps to stimulate these glands and going back to our lymph system. Mm. Uh, and what is lymphoma? Lymphoma. That cancer is a dysfunction of that glandular system. So if you hmm. can keep the chi and everything moving, guess what? Then you help to prevent pain, inflammation, and disease. Everything yeah. goes together. Because anytime you have surgery, a lot of times they will have you, what do they have you do? They have you get up and walk, right? To get the bowels mm-hmm. moving. You want to have mm-hmm. a bowel movement before you leave the office and, or the hospital. Well, so... Any kind of movement is going to help to um, eliminate the process of disease. That's why even somebody going for a walk every day for a mile or something is so beneficial to yeah. you. But, but yes, uh, this and this is not my specific practice. There are actually whole books on Taoist sexology and such and that people could uh, look up. But yeah, that rubbing the nipple technique is a great <laughs> technique. Plus,
1: I, When it, we first learned it, I was like, can I do this on the Chi Club tomorrow? And he's like, mm, probably not.
2: Yeah, yeah. We, we actually we did a we actually not too long ago near LAX we did a two-day course and and the instructor who's been around for a number of years uh, I wish I had a camera from the very front of the room facing everybody because all the women in the room were rubbing their nipples and all the men were pulling on their balls. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh my
3: God.
2: It was amazing. Two hours of nipple and ball pulling. It was <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. But I mean, it's super valid, because I think that, you know, um, we we laugh because it's a that sounds hilarious. But, you know, everything is so sexualized. But really, um, you know, after surgery, our doctors give us our surgeons give us instruction to massage the breasts. Mm. Um, during recovery, Because of breaking up scar tissue and you know massaging the breast tissue and 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 reforming breast shape and all of those things, we want to make sure and and um, making sure that the nipples have blood circulating to them, especially if somebody's had a lift and they've you know had incisions around the nipple to make sure that there's no nipple necrosis, dying Mm -hmm. of of the tissue, um,
3: Mm -hmm. and
0: all of those things. But it's so good to know that there's actually another benefit to that ritual to that practice and that the practice of incorporating you know making sure that you are not just um you're not leaving out the nipple and making that a part of this ritual and routine that is not just about um healing incisions or you know um, recovery if it's something that you can continue it will also help stimulate that detoxification system and and Uh, keep your body flowing the way it needs to. That's, that's an incredible tip. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so knowledge is the power. And so if if you have the mind intent as you're rubbing your nipples to stimulate lymph flow in these glands, then guess what? You further aid in that healing process. Mm. So the difference with Qigong and other types of meditations is that we focus on the organs. And then in particular, let's say we're we're working on uh, grief because of what we just went through, right, in our chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, We focus on situations that create this loss. We visualize feel. So it's almost like going to the therapist and they pick off the scab. But the difference here is that by doing the practice or the and or there's a healing sound for the different organs as well, too. So this is what creates the release of the vibration and, and increases the functionality of the organ in that system. Because guess what? The kidneys, yes, control the lip system and uh, influence a part of it, but also the lungs play a role in it as well too and so mm-hmm. so the difference with Qigong is is that if I'm saying, uh, focus on something that created loss for you, well, that's a huge loss, right? I want you to feel it now. Yeah. Who was involved in the situation? what was involved? Were there any sounds, smells, and as you do this movement and or the healing sound, you're not only connecting with the organ responsible for that specific emotion or trauma. But also the color white or the color silver is associated with the lungs. You focus on that. This is what creates the release. Because a lot of people, again, mm. I said in the beginning, don't realize that these different emotions get stuck in the five major organs of the body and then shows up as, as a disease. So that's how also the Qigong can also help in recovery. And you said something that I want to tap on also, the Sochu. Doing it prior to surgery is mm. essential to get your body's uh system prepared right on all mm-hmm. levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, right, get yourself yeah. prepared so anyways it's uh that's how you know that's how we would apply these practices and i I believe that it takes a village to heal somebody, so this is one methodology, but it's a methodology that even after it's been around even though it's been around for thousands of years, it still hasn't made the mainstream, and I think the reason mm-hmm. why it hasn't made the mainstream is because there's so many different styles of Qigong and mostly men teach it now there's more women teaching it. in fact our teacher training program we actually cater more women instructors and it's not that women can't have egos also but these men were protecting these ancient practices because the other style of qigong too is internal martial art a lot of people don't know that tai chi for example is a martial art is a fighting art and so uh there's a lot of ego it. and i think that's part of it and what i've told different qigong masters that i've met throughout the years let's get together and let's unify a specific movement Because right now if i show you this lung move to benefit your lungs and your chest there's at least 10 or 15 versions of it right Mm. um, if you've done yoga once or twice and someone says do downward dog it doesn't matter if you're in saint charles missouri or in santa fe new mexico you know you're going to know what downward dog is right yeah. The problem with Qigong is that there's so many differentiations that people get confused. But I feel like mm-hmm. if we have some common ground and say, okay, this movement we find for this reason is most beneficial uh, to stimulate the lungs and the lung channel, acupuncture and such, and then you know have some kind of basic standardization so that it's accessible for everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to come back to you mentioned the word grief and i did a whole episode on grief because i think that it's like a forgotten emotion in this journey i think that women underestimate the emotions that this brings up and grief is a big one um and so you know i want to come back to like the emotional healing aspect of qigong I want to come back to body image, uh, mental health, all of these, these, um, components. So I, I, I understand that this is a big part of your teaching and a big part of, you know, what Qigong can, can help through. Right.
2: So I would say that, um, with each of these negative emotions that get stuck in different organs, they have a positive virtue as well, too. Um. The- positive virtue for the lungs when you process that grief and that loss and that sorrow is the virtue of courage mm. so you develop your courage think of it your lungs are like are your shield when you see mm. a guy walking down the street with his chest puffed you know it could be a false courage or it could be a real courage but you know they're trying to mm-hmm. demonstrate like this shield right this idea you know, right by looking at them because the lungs like i said are the organs responsible mainly for defending ourselves from the invasion of pathogens so the stronger our lungs are then we ward off intrusion of pathogens which is viruses and those kinds of things but guess what Mm -hmm. it's also the energy attacks from other people as well too okay verbal or whatnot so you develop Mm -hmm. in the as you strengthen and you stand in truth your truth right and you stand in your power then what ends up happening is is this courage comes forth this courage Mm -hmm. is then what helps in that healing journey of uh, being able to have your voice and be able to be okay with what is what has been and be able to move through that
0: oh i love that so much this is really such a brave act to to recognize like hey these things aren't serving me anymore and i'm going to make this change and it's terrifying and there's going to be all of these emotions that i'm going to go through But you are so right that in that is this bravery and courage that is so beautiful. And and if you can really hold on to that, um, it can carry you through. Absolutely.
1: And also, I would like to add, too, especially for women, um, a lot of our identity can get wrapped up in how we look, which is often the reason why one would uh, venture in getting the implants to begin with because they're going for a certain look and feel. And so when you realize like, okay, this is no longer serving me, just like what you said, then that can that could feel like a major loss because you've put yeah. something in your body and now you're literally physically taking it out. And so acknowledging that and recognizing like our bodies are changing and how you look is not who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you look is not who you are and and there's a way of uncovering and healing these old patterns and these wounds and Qigong is one really very simple way. it's very simple to do it requires an investment in time and energy, but when you can get yourself in a regular routine, the results are profound
3: mm.
0: yeah and and it really is um. There is that loss. And I relate to that. When you said that, I was like, oh, wow. Because I, it's like my breasts were a big part of my identity and I identified as being that person, right? That woman who walked into a room with these massive implants and got all this attention because of them and all of those things. And when I removed them from my body, I was grieving the loss of not so much the implants themselves but the person who I was with them Mm -hmm. and coming to that place of recognition of like hey I can still be that that confident sexy woman it doesn't have to be my breasts that are the thing that are, are are the catalysts to to create that i can create that within my own self
2: yep. so
1: and that self love is like when you can really like tune in and say i love myself no matter what um then then the external stuff becomes less important
3: mhm
0: so much so yeah. yeah i i think you know it's That's a big reason why I encourage women to begin the emotional healing journey before surgery, because after surgery, there's a whole nother set of emotions (laughs) that you have to deal with. Um, So by addressing this prior to surgery and starting to work through this, uh, you are able to kind of address those past traumas that led you to this place to begin with, start on the path of self-forgiveness, because there's a lot of like we can bash ourselves up yeah. <laughs> for no, no, days no, no. on end for the decisions yeah, yeah. that we've made that have led us here. So uh, you know, and then we've built up that practice and can take that through with us after surgery. Yeah. Um, why should qigong become a lifelong practice for women's health?
2: Why? I would say because uh, one of the things that you know we talk about as women age, at a certain point we stop having periods and this normally kicks mm-hmm. off menopause and such. And ha- bleeding, having those cycles are so essential. Um, and understanding that the liver blood actually controls uterine blood, just like it controls mm-hmm. the blood that goes to the to the penis. And so, uterine blood is necessary to help detoxify and cleanse our body. And so when we're looking at aging and aging gracefully, because they say that we're supposed to live at least at least hundred and twenty years. And that's in the blue important.
0: zones they do. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. You're <laughs> right. Go to three
1: hundred.
2: Three hundred, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um so the reason why this is so important as we age is because number one, life still shows up and happens. And and so the nice thing about Qigong, and I'm going to give a simple practice when, I, when I'm when i a keynote speaker and I give talks. Um, I give three practices, but I'm going to share one before we leave here uh, to to give as a tool. But anyways, we're not only dealing with the past stuff, but also the day-to-day stuff. And so the reason why it's a lifelong practice is because you still have to deal with things that go on in your life. And as I shared in the very beginning of this, you know, a lot of people think that just because of what priest and I do for a living instead of how many vegetables that we just meditate all day. And you know, trust me, you know, we have a pretty blessed life, but we still have the same kind of stuff that everybody else. The difference is is that I have these tools that I still tap in on. I still utilize it. Yes. Right? So your vitality comes from the inside out. I mean we could do all kinds of surgeries, Botox and those types of things. Because you know what's funny is one of the ways I diagnose patients is I I can read their face because every feature on your face line tells me the story of how you think your personality. Even more importantly, though, it tells me potential diseases and uh, trapped emotions, specific emotions. It tells me that. So. Uh, oh, I would so love anyway, to get
0: in a room with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> come to Burbank. Come to yeah, Burbank. come Burbank. Visit- yeah, we have a beautiful clinic in downtown Burbank. Uh, I just got done teaching a six-week course on this. and um, But anyways, what I tell people is that if I still see that specific line or feature on the person's face, it means that internally that emotional trauma is still there at some level. Mm. Because some of these lines we want to see, there's certain lines we want to see, like the lines across the forehead, for example, we want to see those connect. Because <clears throat> if you see somebody that doesn't have the lines connect, they're the ones that always say, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep on meeting the same person, et cetera, et cetera? They haven't learned from their life experiences.
0: So can you read someone's face virtually? like Totally. With, or do, you need, do you need like a super high definition photo? Nope. So you can see all their lines? Nope,
2: nope.
0: <laughs> Obviously they can't be filtered. No.
2: So when a person asks me in public to read their face, I normally say no uh, because uh, it's like you're naked. Everything is there and there's no hiding from it, yeah. no hiding from it. But the learning opportunity is, is that again, if it's on your face and you see it and you learn about this, then you'd recognize that, oh, I still need to do some work around that. You know, when we are looking at slowing the aging process, yes, good diets necessary. Enough sleep and exercises, definitely necessary. Hydration is necessary making sure these organs are functioning properly and, and that these emotions um, are like the wind that travels through us, not to be stuck in us. oh, Or even worse, mm-hmm. not to be denied. Because when they're denied, then that shows up as all kinds of inflammatory diseases, all types. Yes. So we want to be able to age gracefully. And the whole idea is to age gracefully and die gracefully, not suffering till the day you die. Absolutely. So that's, I would say, for women, for anybody, that's the purpose, you know, of doing these practices. And, and you don't have to believe what I'm saying. Try it out for yourself for a month. Just try it out and, and see how you feel. And what's interesting, as you start to transform internally, people will start to notice. They'll say to you, Did you do your hair different? Did you do your makeup different? Uh, and so they'll notice a change, but they won't be able to pinpoint it. And that's because yeah. you are transforming internally. You are transforming. And one of the things yes. the uh, biggest things that I learned, I, I, I was talking that uh, I just came off an 11-day silent retreat called Vipassana, and one of the things that they talked about over and over again, or the head instructor, was that everything is impermanent. Everything is impermanent. So uh, we all have to meet our maker at some point, uh, but also these life challenges and these circumstances are impermanent. And the key Mm. is, is to be able to process through them as they come up. And that's, that's where the strength comes in. That's where the courage comes in. And then that's where the vitality comes in.
0: There's a line on your website that I loved. Um, Qigong is a holistic approach, perfect for people who want non-invasive, affordable and empowering healthcare. And I just loved that so much because I think that, um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you onto the podcast to share this with the community because a lot of the healthcare industry doesn't understand what we're going through in this journey you know we we've got this kind of make belief disease that you know they're like, well, that's not actually a thing um and so we're met with these frustrations throughout this journey and i and I think you know I'm just. Constantly looking for ways to empower these women to to take control of their health yes. and to realize that you have more power over this than than you might think you do because of what you know traditional medicine is telling you. Uh,
2: my wife here, Parisa, she's my uh, business partner and uh, soulmate, and uh, you know the cool thing is, is that. We have the same mission, you know, of empowering people, right? And that's what it's all about, is the self-empowerment, because we this, want to um, teach,
1: teach you how to
2: take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I really didn't...
1: turn in, because right now it's, it's called health care, but the main system is really sick care. But there's a way it's of healthcare broken. of maintaining and reversing the disease process.
2: And don't get me wrong, um, I do believe in integrative medicine. There's some things that science can do that we can't even touch. So there has to be Mm -hmm. an integrative medicine. But when we have symptoms that are lasting, when we have emotional trauma that's lasting, that's where these practices Mm -hmm. come in. Or if
1: the doctor tells you the symptoms in your mind or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's where these practices come in to be able to give you the tools and say, no, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm really feeling this stuff. This, this, this is really what I feel. Yeah. And that these yeah, practices exactly. then, will help you get through that process instead of somebody saying, well, yeah. some, here, take this antidepressant. You must be depressed because you're not. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not. You are feeling this stuff, so acknowledge it. And then you practice the specific deep practices. And guess what? Pull yourself out of your pain.
0: And you did mention earlier that you have a tool that you'd like to leave us with.
2: Yeah. So as I said earlier, the heart is the emperor or empress of the body. It dictates how much of emotion Mm -hmm. will be expressed or suppressed. The heart healing sound is ha, like laughing. And did you know that you actually die of a heart attack from laughing too hard? And Uh, I had a hard time understanding yeah. that when I was studying Chinese medicine, but I actually saw it for real uh, years ago, unfortunately. But anyways, if you have a laughing attack at something, what's the first thing that you do?
3: <sighs>
2: right. Your heart is trying yeah. to regain balance. If you are grieving the loss of somebody, what does the person do? They sigh a lot. They sigh, or they yawn a lot. Uh, another condition is chronic hiccups. Um, is another heart imbalance. The only way they fix it in Western medicine is they um, put you to sleep. And so the heart healing sound is ha. What I tell people to do is, so you focus on the heart. Imagine a pink cloud filling up into the heart. I want you to focus on the loss, maybe uh, the surgery itself or, the, or the, the fear or the anxiety around the upcoming, upcoming procedure. You feel it now. Imagine as you inhale this beautiful pink cloud that fills up into the heart. You're going to lift your chin. And as I make the ha sound, You're going to imagine it leaving like a dark cloud from your throat, going several feet away from the body and deep into the ground. So we're going to focus on that event, feel it now, who's involved, were there any sounds, were there any smells, what was the location? Bring this event into the present moment, like it just happened. And as you inhale, imagine this beautiful pink cloud that fills up into the heart. As we exhale, making the haasana, letting go. Ah.
3: Inhale. Ah. Allow that circumstance.
2: Let's try a few underneath our breath. Inhaling, so focusing on the pink Now as you exhale, allowing this pain, this loss, to leave like a dark cloud, going several feet away from the body. Allowing for the positive virtue of love to take the place of the loss, the disappointment to grief. Inhale. Feel that leave using your mind intent to guard, guide it away from the body like a dark cloud. Going several feet away from the body and deep into the ground, and as you let go of this grief, this sadness, this loss, the virtue of love, universal love, take the place of the grief and loss. Let's do one more breath. Your eyes
3: mm, that was a beautiful practice thank you
0: for guiding us through that
2: yeah and it, what's great about it is it's something you could take with you anywhere so instead of mm. pressing which creates more inflammation pain and disease you have a tool that when something comes up you can utilize it right away and doing it underneath your breath is especially useful for if you're in public yeah right Totally. On certain parts of LA and San Francisco, you get away with doing the "ha" sound, and people just think you're completely normal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's true.
2: But but, um, uh, but this is something you could take with you anywhere. You don't need a special yoga mat or clothing. Uh, you focus on the event. You focus on the organ. You focus on the color because the color red and pink associates with the heart. And then as you make the ha sound, the reason why I tell you to lift the chin, a lot of people get sad or they have loss. There's a loss. They get that stuck feeling. It like a swallowed a plum seed. And we actually will see people in clinic this, this mm. little, lost a loved one. They were they were taken care of all. All of a sudden, they develop esophageal cancer uh, because that chi has gotten stuck. So by lifting the chin like this and allow and allow for the dark cloud to come mm. to the throat, releases that plum seed effect. Or releases that chi that gets stuck there from the rising of the grief.
0: So where can we go to practice Qigong with you to learn this beautiful art and practice?
2: So you get my book, uh, Qigong for Self-Refinement, Total Health of the Five Elements. Go to Shelton Qigong, and that's uh, uh, Qigong is spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G, Shelton Qigong. All the social media is up there, and you'll see YouTube and everything. Sign up for our email list. We don't bombard people, but we give a newsletter every month on some type of health issues, health concern, again, it's different things to empower people to understand the ideology. So even your, uh, what you were talking about, about the doctors not recognizing maybe certain symptoms, pre or post Mm -hmm. surgery, in my world, Mm -hmm. all those symptoms mean something. So if you understand how these organs function, because I understand how they function according to science. But in Chinese medicine, because they had thousands of years of study on the human organism, they have a much, much, much greater functionality. You understand that, you'd be like, oh, okay. Now I know what connected. It's all connected. Now I know what Qigong practice to do. Maybe I could re- reach out to Chris and he could recommend a certain dietary recommendation or something like that according to Chinese nutrition because it's different than Western nutrition. Uh, so yeah, so SheltonQigong.com. We have other websites too, like the Qigong.com. Uh, the qigongteachertraining.com and uh, the YouTube page we have a lot of free content up there uh, that my TikTok I give these little free videos really quick TikTok. <laughs> cool. page. you know America's Got Talent actually found me on TikTok I made it to the fourth round of auditions this year it's so crazy <laughs>
3: oh my gosh <laughs> that's amazing
2: <laughs> this is a fun journey like you can even write this stuff I can you, even, can't like, you can't make it up and in fact you know the, on the fourth you round the fourth round of America's Got Talent, they were having me read, produce. My edition my was an hour and half, almost two hours uh, because they were pulling hmm. in executive producers for me to just read right on the spot. <laughs> producers. Wow. It was so much fun. Yeah.
0: What is your Instagram and your famous TikTok that we apparently need to check out?
2: <laughs> Who knew that it was going to blow up like this? So the TikTok is Chris <laughs> underscore Shelton underscore Qigong. And the uh, YouTube page along with the Instagram page is Chris Shelton Qigong, all one word. I'm
0: going to link to everywhere you just said, I'm going to put the links into the show notes so that um, people can find you easily. I just want to, I want to thank you both for doing what you do. The world needs you. The world needs more of this practice and this kind of energy and I'm a big fan of both of you. You're like this beautiful dream team um and seriously hashtag couple goals. i just oh, I love you both so much and it's an honor to know you and thank you for supporting the explant community and you know being willing to to um share this beautiful gift with the women in our community
2: yeah, for sure so yeah much. thank you for. Thank you for sharing and and allowing us to be a part of this because it's um, you know it's a village it takes a village to heal right yeah well thank you so much yeah thank we you really again. Really, the, yeah I appreciate the conversation the, yeah I really appreciate the work that you're doing too
0: no oh, thank you thank you so much ah that was a good one right I just love Chris and Parisa so much this qigong stuff must really work because they both radiate the most beautiful energy and they're just so fun and genuine. If you'd like to try Qigong for yourself, I've added links in the show notes and you can also find their information on the trusted partners page of the Empowered Explant website at www.empoweredexplant.com forward slash partners. I actually just joined the Chi Club myself, so maybe I'll see you in there. And let me tell you, after that conversation, I'm definitely adding some good nipple rubbing into my daily self-care routine. (laughs) All right, on that note, I'm out of here. See you next week, Rusty.